Hello, and a very warm welcome to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. This program is about helping you thrive in some of the most challenging coaching situations. Our aim is to support you in bringing your coaching to the next level, whether you're new to coaching or you're already an expert professional. If you're a coach, leader, entrepreneur, leadership development professional, or a human resource manager, this show is for you. Welcome to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Burrus, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Lee Kerherr. So let's get started. You've been publishing quite a few books. And uh, explain a bit about what is the boomerang principle, which you uh, will be expanding on in your latest book that is going to be out in April 2017. That's right. So the boomerang principle is my next book that's out in April, like you said. And it's all about inspiring lifetime loyalty from employees, even if they don't work for you. The boomerang principle is the belief that companies that allow and encourage former employees to return have a strategic advantage over those that don't. And how's that? Well, there's lots of things that do that. So one is that uh, right now, across the world, job tenure is shorter than it was 10 years ago, number one, either by choice or the companies don't keep people around. But that has a big impact, of course, on productivity and advantage and competitiveness. And on the employee side, employees know that they should, and particularly younger employees know that they should not stick around too long so they don't get stale in their careers. And particularly millennials all over the world are being accused of being job hoppers, staying two or three years, then moving on to the next thing. So in this environment, there are a lot of people who are not being tended, meaning they're not very as useful as they could be in the organization while they're there. However, if you Don't worry about it and actually do all you can to make your people as productive as possible and help them on their own career paths. One, people will stay with you longer and be more productive and be more useful and help you right down to the bottom line. Number two is if you are a place that people can return to, you are a place that is hard to leave. And that is going to be our biggest challenge in the foreseeable future as the dynamics of work totally shift across the world is keeping the best people attached to you for the long term. So if you are a place that is good to return to, uh, by definition, you're a place that is harder to leave. If you can hold on to a person one more year than they thought they were going to be with you as an organization, you have saved yourself two and a half times their salary at the very, very minimum. And from a business perspective, it's just good business to have a place of business that people like to be in. Absolutely. And so where do you get the inspiration for the boomerang principle? Yeah. Well, it's a long time coming. My business, I've, I've run very large organizations and smaller organizations. And in the late 90s, I was running an organization in San Francisco that had 13 offices around the country and one in Europe. That was when the Gen Xers were coming into the business. And there aren't enough Gen Xers in the United States to go around in the late 1990s. They're, you know, the Gen X, which this year are between 37 years old and 51 years old. At the time, they were 22, 
to 37, whatever that is. And there weren't enough of them in the marketplace. So uh, as business was just expanding, expanding, expanding. So every week it felt felt like I was being bombarded by people who come into my office and say, well, I got another job. Are you going to counter me? And I would counter them because New York, my where, you know, my boss said, you can't lose any people because if you lose people, you can't build your time. If you can't build your time, we're not going to make our numbers. So it was just a revolving door of people going to get new jobs, me countering them, them staying for six months and then leaving anyway. And it was exhausting. And one day I just had an epiphany. It was like, this is baloney. I'd say something different if, but I don't know you that well. <laughs> this is baloney. Um, I should be spending my time on the people who are here, not on the people who have, you know, half their body out the door. So I had this epiphany. I said, I'm not going to counter anymore. I don't care what New York says. I'm just going to focus on the people who are here. The next day, I didn't have a chance even to tell my leadership team. The next day, a young man walked into my office and said, I've got a job at this other place. And I said to him, good luck. And he was flabbergasted. He's like, aren't you going to counter me? I'm like, no, I'm not. And he said, um, well, you countered, you know, so-and-so Joe last week or whatever. And I said, yes, I did. But no, no more. I'm not countering anymore. And he was so angry at me. And I said, he goes, why won't you counter me? And I said to him, I said, you, you're, why am I going to spend more money on someone whose brain is half out this door? I need all your brain here. I need you all in. And then I spent about 10 minutes trying to have him hear me about the place where he was going because I know that I knew that place very well. And I gave him some pointers and I said, I wish you the best. And maybe in a couple of years after you've been there for a while, you can come back here. We'd love to have you come back to this organization in a couple of years. He's still very angry. And he went out into the office area and he yelled. <laughs> so mad. He started My yelling. Goodness. She didn't counter me. Like they all knew he was coming in to, you know, they, it was the worst kept secret was that people would, I would counter, you know, I would give them more money if they got a new job, which is what all my colleagues were doing around the world, frankly. Uh, and he came out and he told everybody, she didn't counter me. And the impact actually was that people stopped leaving. Really? People stopped leaving because we. I just came out afterwards and I said, I know this young man, he's, he's angry. And it is true that I used to counter people, but no more. I am not doing it. We're going to spend all our time trying to make this the best place to be. And if you want to find another job, come tell me and I will help you. And um, people stopped leaving after wow. that. But you also say boomerang. So they come back. So how do you get so they them come to... Back. So, I think the best ones always come back and a few things. One is I am very invested obviously in my business's success, but the uh, success of my business is predicated on the success of other people and their own goals. And I can't imagine, I I don't have the hubris to imagine that my company goals are going to match up with everybody's personal goals for the continuum of their entire career. However, I do have the imagination that we can match up the company goals with personal goals several times over a career. So someone might go and get experience in something that is very viable to my agency. And when they are ready to move on, I I mean, I always keep in touch with people. I have sort of an alumni club, which I totally recommend to every company, no matter what size, an alumni club of former employees that I keep apprised of the agency, I keep in touch with. And then when they are ready to move on, most of them call and say, where do you think I should do? And 
I ask the question, what do you want to do? And if we have the right opportunity, I try to get them to come back. And today, my company is 15 years old. Um, we're 50 people, we're not a very large company. And today in the office today, we have seven people who have left and come back. But over the time of the 15 years, over 16 people have left and come back. Another 10 have left and become clients. And almost everybody who's left, either for a bevy of reasons, is, is positively connected to the agency. And when you can have strong, positive relationships with your former employers, employees, then your footprint in the world is just much more positive. You have people recommending you. You have people advocating for you to go find a job there. You have people looking out for interns for you. It makes recruiting easier. It makes new business development easier. It makes growth easier. So much like a university counts on its alumni to advocate for new students and in matriculation, if we can turn our head around from, you know, those people are dead to me because they left me to those people, they served us well when they were here and how can we help them, you know, in their own careers and maybe they'll come back to our career, you know, our business, but we can be helpful to them and they can be helpful to us over time. That's just the future of how businesses are going to be working. Excellent, because a lot of alumni, as you say, university alumni do that. And I think McKinsey, too, has a culture where they always stay in contact. McKinsey is, um, I talk about McKinsey in my book, um, actually. Uh, They are the gold standard of alumni programs. McKinsey has a person in every office dedicated to their alumni. So it's an incredible investment on McKinsey's part. They have a McKinsey University that's only for alumni. They do a ton of work on this. And of course, it benefits their company because their people leave and become their clients. The people leave and become their advocates and um, almost they are the gold standard. They are the gold standard. It's an incredible investment, but you don't have to have an incredible investment to have a very effective alumni club. Yes. And of course, it maintains the corporate culture, you know, the identity of the people with that company. On your own resume, you want to have brands that are the touchstones that, you know, are like posters. I was here, I was there. You want to be a company that is good to be from. Yes. And it also develops your brand. So bravo. Absolutely. Yes. Well, that's the new thing, right? It used to be, well, today, personal branding is so important. Having a personal brand where people know what Lee Carraher stands for and what you're going to get and what she thinks and how she's going to work for me, you know, you and all that kind of stuff. And then employers have moved from great places to work. This is just happening now. They need to move from being great places to work to being places where great people work. So as people move from employer brands to talent brands, companies move from employers brands to talent brands full of people with great personal brands, this too is going to be how the best companies are going to have the strategic advantage when they recognize that the, you know, there's a symbiosis between a talent brand and a personal brand. Yes. And so, look, Lee, if I were to say, what do you stand for? What would you say? I stand for excellence. I stand for making a difference in this world. So I, you know, helping good companies make positive change in their own categories. I stand for respect and I stand for fun. <laughs> so yeah, good. I'm um, glad you those the are the fun. things that are I'm very clear about. And then I, the company that I have 
owned and nurtured over the last 15 years uh, strongly resembles those things. <laughs> Great. And look, you're, you've been called the millennial champion. So comment on that. How yeah. did you get to be considered the millennial champion? Well, that's so funny because I, my first book, um, which came out a couple of years ago, is Millennials in Management, The Essential Guide to Making It Work at Work. It was written out of my despair from failing miserably at retaining millennials in my company. I had 100% failure in a six-month period. And I, my career, I'd never had 100% failure. And it was really a body blow to me. And so I went to go research it. And everything about millennials – there's not a whole lot of positive things you can read about millennials in the workplace, except my book, because <laughs> I was determined. I mean, it was just so negative. Oh, they're entitled. Oh, they're whiners. Oh, they're babies. Oh, they want rewards just for showing up. It was all so negative. And I think the negativity is definitely colored by boomers and Gen Xers' own conditions, particularly at the time, which was 2010, 2011, which, of course, in around the world was just a very challenging time for people who wanted to work to actually retain their work. And I was determined to be positive about it. So I, I did my own research. I interviewed lots and lots and lots of people, and I just focused on my own company, how to make it better. And my leadership team and I, we tried a lot of things, we failed a lot of things, and then we sort of triangulated our way into a good culture where millennials can really thrive. And what I found was when millennials thrive, so do boomers and Xers, but the reverse is not true. I believe in millennials, a business without a millennial is a business without a future. So we need to be millennials champions, even if it is challenging to understand that they have a very different life view than their Gen X and Boomer colleagues. And I'm a Boomer. I'm the last year of Boomer. So I was disparaging. And then my friends first called me the Millennial Whisperer. They used to call me and like, oh, I have this Millennial. What do you think? What do you, this is what they said. What do you think they meant? And in this country, in the United States, there's a Whisperer concept that is I'm not sure it's a good thing, <laughs> as if these people, you know, were from the Serengeti and a different, um, entirely different uh, mammal. Uh, I prefer to be known as a millennial champion who believes in the power of these uh, younger people to make our world a better place. And so that's how I came about. Yes, and you're a CEO of Double Forte PR and a digital marketing. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about how you help companies with your. PR savviness and digital marketing. So Double Forte is a public relations digital marketing firm. We're headquartered in San Francisco. We have offices in New York and in Boston. And we work with companies in the consumer lifestyle, digital life, and business-to-business -business services sectors. We focus on working with you know, good clients who are doing positive things in their categories that will make a difference. And we choose our clients very carefully, just as our clients choose their partners very carefully. And what we do for them is a very wide range of services from representing them to the public, either on social media or to the media or to other influencers, through to internal communications, channel communications, figuring out what does the company stand for and how do we engage a consumer or customer that will become a fan of that company? And that's what we do. Wow. That's great. And of course, Sometimes. <laughs> being, it's more challenging than it sounds. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And being in the digital marketing, you're also dealing with millennials. All lot. the time. Yes. Yeah, so I can understand how that is a, was a concern and is a concern and also no longer concern, but now, uh, 
You can have give tips and strategies to help people deal with mental illness. Good for you. Embrace. I like to use the word embrace for this versus deal with. If you asked a Gen Xer who's more entitled, a millennial or a boomer, most people, most of Gen Xers would say boomers are more entitled than millennials. So there is definitely a, you know, each generation should not be typed, but they're wholly typed, you know, but there are definitely similarities among people of different generations based on what the culture was, what the ability was. And for millennials, they've had the great advantage of technology in their hands since birth almost. Um, it, It does also a disadvantage. And so how you help millennials transition from being under the auspices, pretty tight auspices of their parents and their school systems into the world of work. Uh, that's where it all has to start. Hmm. So tell us, where can people get hold of you? Sure. So I'm easy to find. <laughs> so on Twitter, you can find me at, at Lee Carraher at L-E-E-C-A-R-A-H-E-R. My website is www.leecarraher.com, where you can find my books, my blogs, some other products, and you can get links to my company, Double Forte, as well. Excellent. Thank you very much for sharing your experience. And I encourage all the listeners to check out your books. Thank you. uh, The Millennials and Management, based, of course, on your experience and your next book called The Boomerang Principle, Inspiring Lifetime Loyalty from Employees. Thank you so very much, Lee. Thank you, Christina. I so enjoyed talking with you. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program. You can subscribe to all future podcasts at excellentexecutivecoaching.com and sign up for monthly newsletters featuring all the latest tips and techniques to bring your coaching to the next level. Join us again soon. And until then, bye for now.